folks, we did it. We finally watched a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. It's been four episodes of torture. Self-induced, so might I add. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to Accents Happen, the show where we uh, watch movies and compare them, those movies, to embarrassing life experiences. Um, we watched a good movie. We watched Almost Famous. I'm almost Famous, and boy, oh boy, it was such a nice change of pace, not checking how much time I had left in the movie and being like, oh, I'm, I'm actually enjoying this. This yeah, is a good um, movie. Uh, we watched Almost Famous, and Tim, you said it was your first time watching, and this is like my 100th time watching it. this movie. Yep, I had not seen it. Um, vaguely knew what it was about, knew that it was semi-autobiographical from writer-director Cameron Crowe's experiences as a young music journalist, but in terms of like plot, I didn't really know what was happening or what was going to happen. <laughs> it's not like it. It wasn't like it wasn't like Tenet, where you were like, I oh, I don't know what's going on. This I've is, given this up on movie, listening to exposition. Yeah, this movie was very easy to understand. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, dude. Yeah, Tenet was rough. It was so rough. But you know what isn't going to be rough, Jameson? Yeah. Giving a little plot summary in less than a minute. It's uh, this is going to be easy. I'm. Uh, you've seen this so many times. I feel like you. You're prepped. I feel like you're yeah, locked I've and got loaded. It, got it at the back of my. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, he's crack. Oh, he's got, cracking. Got crack my knuckles. Oh, easy. Okay. Ooh. Easy. Limbered up. Limbered up. Are you ready, Jameson? Yeah. Okay. For those of you who are unindoctrinated into our little shtick, Jameson has to uh, give a little plot summary in less than a minute, or else the terrible, no good iPhone alarm rings and it gives me a uh, panic attack. So, Jameson, I'll count you down. Three, two, one, go. All right, so there's this kid who's a really good writer because his mom is a professor, and he's like 15 in high school, and he's writing for the local magazine or whatever about music journalism stuff. And he somehow gets a job writing for Rolling Stone, covering this band called Stillwater, who is kind of, they're on the verge of becoming famous. Like they're just like about to do this big tour or whatever and so he's an inexperienced uh, music journalist they're an inexperienced band and they're just trying to figure out how to live the rock and roll lifestyle together with 15 seconds left Jameson you did it easy you easy. did it now one of the few things I knew about going into this movie uh, or about this movie before going into it was that Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it? And I know that any movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman, I'm gonna like. It, that's yeah, just a fact. That movie. is just a fact. He doesn't pick bad scripts. My, I miss him so much because he stayed winning. He did. He stayed winning. He was so good. I just, I my, one of my favorite parts of the movie is. All right, now it's nice talking to you. I, I, I don't have time to talk to all my fans. And then it immediately cuts them in them eating lunch in a diner. So what you want to do? I I love Philip Seymour Hoffman and he lights up my life. Yeah, all, all of this music journalist fans. Yeah. Do you remember your first time seeing the movie? Oh, probably not. I mean, it's like I, there are certain movies that were just introduced to me so young, like probably too young. Like sure. this is my first time because I had seen it a lot as a kid, mm -hmm. and uh, so this was kind of my first time watching it like as an adult, and so like I knew that in that scene at the party, that the uh, the guitar player it was on some sort of drugs. That was obvious yeah. to me, but this was my first time that like I understood he was taking acid, acid, and, and yeah. like what that meant. Mm, yeah, because in the beginning, or I'm sure when you were younger, your thought was, oh, he's just doing drugs and is acting a little loony. Funny. You thought that's he's what all funny. drugs did. Yeah. No, just just a reg, just drug. I am doing just drug. <laughs> I am high. 
you, you were pretty much Francis McDormand's character. Don't take drug. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that is a thing that my family just says. Like anytime Really. Anytime uh like my mom leaves the house to go like get the groceries, she's like, Don't do drugs while I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do like the little whistle? The the family whistle? No, no, I can't whistle for shit. Oh, so. interesting. Interesting. But um <laughs> I I, I the, the whole movie is just good. It is like like I'm so happy because it's just a good movie. Yeah. What was it? So what? Let's run down the list of bad movies sure. that we've that we've watched recently. Emoji movie, Paul, Paul Blart, Blart two, <laughs> Paul Blart two, uh, Dolly Parton's Christmas in the Square. I'll th- okay, I'll th- that's um, fair. We also watched uh, New Year's Eve, uh-huh. which was a. What what a what a movie what what a picture what a yeah, picture what a that bad was. time. I think the last semi enjoyable movie that we watched, and I say semi because I you know I enjoyed it. Um, the only the only one that comes to mind is like Joker. Uh oh no no it was Don't Think Twice. Oh we you also forgot uh We Can Be Heroes we also watched. We oh Can my be god heroes. we watched We Can Be Heroes oh my god. But yeah, oh this movie's God. really good. All the actors are do a great job. Who plays who, good. who plays the kid? Because I don't I don't think I've seen him in like anything. His else. name. Uh, he's I have I, I was looking through his filmography before we started. He hasn't really been in a lot. His name is Patrick Fugit. Um he was also in Gone Girl. Uh he's been in some other other flicks along the way. Um he was in The Last of Us Part Two. He was a voice actor in that. He played oh, Owen. Really? Yeah, he oh, played Owen. He's great in this movie. Yeah. He's so good. I I genuinely enjoy his performance. Like I, I read in uh, the trivia that his voice broke during filming. Like his voice got deeper. Oh yeah, classic. Uh, that happens. Classic. Uh, I was in in like junior high during one of the musicals. Oh. We had that for we were doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and they casted this one uh, kid because he still his voice hadn't dropped yet. Really, and they wanted Charlie to have like a really young voice. And then as, as the, you know, the rehearsals went on, like his voice his dropped voice. and they were like, oh. oh, I think I was smart. I think I was smart because I think I, I, or when did, I can't remember when my voice broke, but it was probably like mid high school or like early high school. I, it wasn't in elementary school. Uh-huh. And I, I think it was about, yeah, somewhere in high school. And, uh. I purposefully didn't put myself into situations where my voice could crack. I shut. <laughs> I, I I I stayed quiet. Didn't do any musicals. Didn't join choir. I just kept my head down until my voice was as deep and smooth as as it is now. For a full year, Tim Brenner just communicated with whiteboards. It's true. I, I was like the guy in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. I just had a yes and no on my hand. Very hard. It was very hard to express myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, was there anything uh, besides like your your knowledge of like drug, drugs and alcohol? I guess now, um, what has has your perspective on the movie changed at all since like you were introduced to it as a kid? Uh, I also didn't under, understand what deflowering meant, and so like like the whole scene oh. when the kid loses his virginity. This time, I was like. I was like, he yeah. loses his virginity in a four-way with three other women? What the fuck? My man stays winning. Cameron Crowe was like, yes, this definitely happened. This was my life. Yeah, <laughs> this is autobiography. So this part. This part's autobiographical. I did not make this up. I lost my virginity to three women at the same time. I was very cool, and everybody liked me. <laughs> the end. Hey, Cameron, we got some notes. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Nothing can change. This all happened. Dude, imagine that's how like that scene actually transpired in real life where the fact checker from uh, Rolling Stone is like, yeah, this is all made up. It's like, yeah, this is three pages about how much <laughs> drugs and sex this guy had. Yeah. At 15, and how old is the writer? 15? 15? <laughs> yeah, we're actually good on this one. I don't think he ever takes drugs. He does. No, he does he, do other stuff, but I don't think he does. He stays true to that promise. He he does not take drug. 
You're you're a thousand percent correct. Um, wow, dude, imagine the the part that like kind of like set the tone for the movie for me was when it came out that Francis McDormand's character of the mom was lying to William about how old yeah. he was. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. It's like, I'm oh, like how three I'm, years. Why a while? It's like, yeah, I'm 15. It's like, 12? I'm 11? I'm a, ele- dude, imagine if you, holy shit. Yeah, that's It'd be crazy. Up. Or I don't think he was at, wait, what, what age did the, the mom I, say? I think he, maybe I think she he was like says 13. he's 13. 13, right? Yeah. And then he's actually 11. And he's 11. So like in senior that's year, crazy. he's 15 years old. Which bad. That's wild, bad. man. That's wild. Yeah, he would he didn't show up to a graduation. He shouldn't have been at for another two years. Yeah, he'll go back. He has time. Yeah, he's go back. He'll go back. My man wrote a cover article for the Rolling Stone. That's he's way got more better cool things than graduating to do. high school. He's got way better things to do. Dude, I remember when like we'll get into I'll, I'll kind of talk about this a little later. But like the shit I was doing at 15. I wasn't cool, but I still wasn't writing Rolling Stones articles and going to hang out with bands. Man, what a day. What a day that would be. A funny parallel is that my story actually, I was 15 years old during my story that I'm going to tell. So that was something that I didn't, that I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of a little bit parallel. Um, another, Another aspect of the movie that I like, and, and we kind of touched on it, all the performances were so good. Yeah. Kate Hudson is fantastic in this movie. Yeah. She is great. Penny Lane, what an icon. We love I, Penny Lane. I think this might have been the first movie that I saw her in. Like, this is, uh, this movie is like a lot of, for a lot of people, like Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Kate Hudson, or, or is it Drew Barrymore? It's Kate Hudson. It's Kate Hudson. Kate- Okay, Drew Barrymore's not in this. <laughs> I'm I'm, t- I'm mixing up a couple of names, um, where it's like this is who I know them from, like like uh, okay, you know, they'll they'll always be Penny Lane or whatever, because it was like the first time I remember seeing them, and so I watched this movie, and I was like, oh, this is who that is. So like um the guy from, uh, my name is Earl and Elvin Jason and Lane, Chip- Jason yeah, Lane. like yeah. he, I always think of him in this. And which is funny because the this movie opens up with Alvin and the Chipmunks music. Oh, I didn't even the think opening, of that. Yeah, the opening credits. Wow. And then he's the singer of the band. That's awesome. Yeah, he plays Dave? I don't right? know any you other know? names. <laughs> I, I I know John is Garfield. I know John is Garfield's guy. But this cast is stacked. Billy uh Billy Crudup plays uh uh Russell Hammond. Mm-hmm. W- wow. What a great performance! And this was before. This was two thousand. He, I, the the movie I know him from, is uh, Big Fish. I which was three like years later. Ten minutes of that. Oh, movie that's a great movie. Once. That's a great movie. That's one we should. That's one we should watch. Um, but he he was in he was Doctor Manhattan in uh, oh, Watchmen yeah. in the Watchmen yeah. movie. Kate Hudson is in this. We all know Kate Hudson. Come on, like we all know Kate Hudson. Um, Jason Lee, Zoe Deschanel is in this. She plays a great big sister. She, she Icon- plays a great iconic big sister. I I have I have some mixed thoughts in her character because like yeah, and it, uh, my funniest line is this song. One of my favorite lines in the movie is, "This song explains why I'm moving out and becoming a stewardess." I my favorite line is also from her, and it's right before she leaves, and she puts her hands on her little brother's shoulders and she says one day you'll be cool that's really all that's the pretty that's the thesis of this fucking movie it really man. is that sticks with me yeah like in the first 15 minute minutes of tenant when they're explaining the time how things move backward in time yeah the doctor the doctor uh talking about it says don't think about it too much that's the thesis for that movie and they tell you right on the nose don't think about it too much. This movie, they tell you right on the nose. One day you're going to be cool, but goddamn revel in being uncool for just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it is not now. <laughs> yeah, you're 15. You don't need to worry about being cool. You're never going to be cool. 
That's all that's all this movie's about, man. It's just people wanting to be cool, but not realizing that they're fucking clinically uncool. Yeah. Like all of Stillwater sucks. They do. Not cool. The only cool person in this movie is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Even he is a little bit like I um there was some there's some scene where he's like you know, we're we are we are not the guys that get girls. And that was a little bit uh It was a little incelly. A little it was a little incelly. <laughs> a little too incelly for my taste. But the line I resonated the most was um, uh, uh fucking Williams on the phone, he goes, I'm glad you're home. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman goes, Dude, I'm uncool. I'm always home. Yeah, I'm never anywhere I was, else. I was like, Yeah, my I, I I love I love seeing myself in film. And he's just constantly smoking cigarettes, just like listening to albums. Like I don't, I don't think he does anything else with his time. That's all I do. That's all I do. I just put in my silly little earbot earpods and go on about my silly little day, listening to my silly little rock and roll tracks. Absolutely, the only way I know to connect. <laughs> it's not a phase, mom. It's, it's a lifestyle. Not a phase. I'll make my living. I got your picture. I'm coming with you, Dee Maria. Come in. I saw some. Dude, tweet. imagine. I saw. Some, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw some tweet that about from you or uh, you retweeted or something about like making fun of modern baseball or something. What was that about? Uh, well, I tweeted out. I think I tweeted something out where it was like, um if you make fun of modern baseball, it's on site because I saw two tweet. I saw Henry Liebentritt tweeted out men really do be, lis- uh, be listening to modern baseball instead of going to therapy. And I'll have, you know, Henry that I do both. Okay. Yeah. Stillwater is too cool of a name for this band. If this was made today, the, the, if it took place in modern day, the name of the band would be way stupider. Oh, well, not Soccer only would it mommy. be <laughs> guys, we got our big break performing at the Bernie Sanders rally. Come on, come on, enemy. <laughs> um, this movie wouldn't be the same movie if it was made today. No, and there's one big difference. It's that the band would be an alt rock band, and they would know they're not cool. Yeah. They would know that that's about it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think anybody in an alt rock band, like, I don't think the guys in modern baseball sat down and were like, guys, I think we're cool. (laughs) Guys, I think we should get shirts where we look cool on them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, no alt rock band has a, has a, a, a a shirt with their faces on it. Uh huh. I I have like nine in there that uh, in my dresser, that none of them, even the punk bands, they don't have their faces on the shirts. So modern day Stillwater, their shirt would just be like a picture of like a puddle. And that would be like, that's us. A puddle <laughs> to be stepped on. Stillwater. It, it, would, it would say that though. It would say, uh, dude, that, that it. That would be it, their album. That, that quote <laughs> is that the shirt has a left breast pocket. And uh, that, that quote is on there a puddle to be stepped in still water. And then it'd be like California established 2017. Very good. I think that, I think we could start that band Jameson. I think so. I think we could start that band. Um, and ring, ring, ring. It's the money factory calling. They, they work right next to the podcast factory. And Jameson, we just booked our first world tour. Oh my God. Where, where's our first show? Our first world, our first show hold on they're calling back they hung up way too quick they didn't give me enough information our first show buddy it's at madison square garden oh no (laughs) we're not gonna be able to sell tickets during the fucking virus (laughs) what's that it's 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 yeah let me call them back okay it's sorted out it's a live stream there's gonna be no nobody's in the crowd i'm so tired of doing live streams (laughs) Well, uh, and we we'll we'll, we'll tour when the vi- when we finally defeat COVID. Yeah. So, what else about this movie was um was interesting to you as like a first time watching it? As a first time viewer, it was kind of you know I didn't want to see my man William get played 
but my man was getting played left and right. Russell was Russell was like, yeah, we'll do the interview in the next oh, city. Yeah. In the next city. And then um, Penny Lane, who my man obviously had a crush in from the get-go. He was not obvious. Or he was not, like... Subtle. Like, he was not subtle. Thank you. He was not secretive. My man was constantly getting played by Miss Penny Lane. Which like, I oh, think is like, fine. He's 15 years old. <laughs> She's, like, 20-something. I don't know how old she is. Unless she is like 17 years old. In that case, gross because for well, the for the band. Dude, if again, if this movie was made today, that scene would have gone down. How old are you? Oh, I'm I'm 18. Me too. I'm actually 17. Ah, me too. I'm actually 15. If that show, if that if this movie was made now, the person would go, "Yeah, uh, um, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, I actually gotta go. Good catching up with you, Will. Yeah, yeah Will. Nice to meet you. Good luck in all your future endeavors. The, the Don't do drugs. The thing about the interview with the guitar player that's so infuriating is that they are constantly together, like they're on a bus traveling the country. He's like, oh, I can't do the interview right now. He's like, really? Because I just need to talk to you for I don't know ten minutes. 10 minutes yeah, on this yeah, it's tour. Like, it's like there's a little we we're going from from Tucson to Columbus. I think we've got a moment. We've got time. We can make it happen. We're on a bus sitting next to each other. Yeah. I I I would have I would have been driven crazy. I was expecting there to be a scene where my boy Will loses it at Russell. Like it's like, dude, we're we got to do this fucking interview. Now. Yeah, I'm surprised. He should. I feel like that scene should exist where he like learns how to stand up for himself. I would have fucking loved that scene. Like I thought that was gonna happen when um the, he kind the, the, of the, does, uh, but it's more about Penny when he's like, it's more uh, he's like, you sold her for a case of beer and whatever, fifty bucks and a case of Heineken. Yeah, yeah, um. That movie, yeah, that that or that scene, I was like, ah, don't have to be a dick about it, Will. He, what he should have done was the scene where he was doing the laundry with um for for the 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 band aides, the band girls. It's like, ah, oh, do our laundry, and he's like, ah, oh, well, who do you think I am? And then he's just like schlepping the laundry, and he tries to get the interview with Russell, and he knocks, and he's like, ah, oh, go away, and then he's like, has like this breakdown moment. He should have gone like boom, boom, boom. I need the fucking interview, Russ. Yeah. Another That would have been cool. Another uh iconic line from that from that movie that sticks in my family is knocking on the door mm-hmm. and saying housekeeping to to enter. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> housekeeping. Um uh, another scene I would have liked to see is when they're at um one of the hotels. Um if Paul Blart could have entered and uh-huh. died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like seven years before his movie comes out. People are yeah. like, man, that was weird. And then the Paul Blart movie comes out several years later. And they're like, oh, it's the guy from <laughs> oh, Almost Famous. It's the, it's the mall cop who fucking dies. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been neat. If we're, if, if we're offering rewrite advice for all these different movies. <laughs> Something that will complicate that is that this movie does take place in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I stand, <laughs> so, I stand by so it. So will this, will this small cup be a child? It'll be like, what, no, three years old? No, it would be Kevin James, as, okay. we, as we know and love him now. Okay. Um, and we find at, out that he's a time traveler? <laughs> traveling through time at the right moment to save the day he, and die? <laughs> <laughs> My man stays winning by dying in every decade. Protecting malls across the United Sta- States, dying of an PCP overdose in the 1970s <laughs> next to Russell Hammond. Jesus Christ. I would have loved to see it. But or not like in your face. It's like this is Paul Blart. Like the scene where Will is in the hallway with the laundry crying. If we just saw him in a segue in the background and then just <laughs> collapse. I think that would have been fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Something a little, so. like a little Easter egg for the real fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a, just a little, just a little something. 
something wrong. It's a little fact that, that Cameron Crowe actually wrote the original script for Paul Blart Mocop. Mm-hmm. He did. He took the first pass. Took the first pass, and they said, listen, we love what you've done with the character. <laughs> we just need him to die once or twice more. But yeah, that's my two cents about this whole fucking Paul Blart thing. Trying to end it now. We have to kill him once and for all. I we it's what America needs right now in this the COVID pandemic. <laughs> the only thing that will unite unite the country. This is what that Bruce Springsteen Super Bowl commercial was about. Was uniting the country <laughs> with the death of Paul Blart. This is the kind of centrism America needs right now. <laughs> we can all agree on one thing. Paul Blart must die. Not only must he die, it would be very funny if he did. <laughs> Just like going in the back, you know, I'm Paul Blart. Uh, I'm dead. I don't, I don't care how it happens. I just care that it does happen at some point. Oh, I care very much how it happens. <laughs> it's either funny or not at all. He can die however he wants as long as he falls on the ground and then when he lands, he farts. <laughs> That's all. I, you know what? That's the only, all I want. I'm a simple man with simple taste. <laughs> Is that too much that? I don't think so. Um, another scene that stuck out to me in this movie, uh, speaking of death, was the scene where they almost drown, uh, drowned. In the air, fuck, uh, the crashed in the plane. Yeah. Where they almost crashed in the airplane. I kind of for a moment was like, holy shit, are they all going to die? Yeah, no, I love that scene. Because so many bands in the 80s died like that. Like Randy Rhodes died uh leonard skinner like planes were just not good back then i don't know oh, what they, they were they were not as safe as they are now that's yeah. for sure and like when when the uh the pilots like open up the cabin for a second they like try mm-hmm. to close the door and you just you just see like black clouds you're like holy fuck or dude russell starts singing a buddy holly song mm-hmm. i, I would if somebody did that when I was on an airplane, would have punched him. Would have yeah. punched him in the face. That would have been terrible. Not good. Overall, my thoughts and opinions, my 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 O's and P's on this movie. This gets t- this gets ten out of ten Rolling Stone covers from me. Yeah, no, I love this movie. I th- this is like one of the. It's, I I don't know if I would call it like a perfect movie, but it's like a near perfect. And it's and it, I, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with like nostalgia. Hmm. Uh, Cause it just makes me think of like, uh, I don't know, being a kid, which I don't think is what, what you're supposed to think I get, <laughs> like for most people, but sure. Um, yeah. And we get a rare Jimmy Fallon movie performance. Yeah. I, I, I love, I, I, I knew it was Jimmy Fallon a cause of the credits, but he walks into oh, the room. You didn't know that. No, no, I knew he, I knew he, trust me, I knew okay. for, okay. I saw Jim, I, I saw Jimmy Fallon in the opening oh, credits, and I was like, oh, I wonder when he's going to come in, and then he came in, I was like, that's Jimmy Fallon, that's it, that's mm-hmm. it, and I knew not only from the look of Jimmy Fallon, because I, he's, he, listen, 1999 when this movie was filmed, easily recognizable Jimmy Fallon, was a yeah. very identifiable Very solid person. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, but he walks in and goes, hey, like in that just, Jimmy Fallon voice, but he did a good job. He yeah. did a good job. I liked it. And one little thing that I, I saw he he snuck in from like his bits is that mm-hmm. uh, at some point he mentions Mick Jagger, like how how they've been touring for so long, and he yeah. like does his Mick Jagger like chicken dance a little bit, thing. yeah. And I was like, I see you, Jimmy Fallon, dude. <laughs> I saw in the trivia that is like, oh. The, the the manager points out that or is like oh do you think Mick Jagger is still gonna be fifty in touring? Uh, let the record show that uh, Mick Jagger is almost in his eighties and oh, is still yeah. touring. Yeah, holy shit! Like I saw yeah. him. I saw the Rolling Stones live, maybe in twenty sixteen, and you know, he had like ten costume changes. I was like, how old is this guy? And he's like doing costume changes and running back and forth on this huge stage. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Wild stuff. What came first, Rolling Stone the magazine or the Rolling Stones the band? I'm I'm gonna guess the band. I don't know though. Yeah, I'm I'm not too well versed because one of one of them came first. I don't know which one it was. I know the Rolling Stones got their the name of their band from a blues song. So maybe maybe they both 
Maybe they both got, it from got the, same the thing. name Rolling Stone from the same thing. Interesting. Well, there's also that uh, phrase, a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. This is true, Tim. Good point. Good point. Let's think of what, what else. <laughs> Maybe someone saw a stone rolling and they're like, I got an idea for a name of a thing. I think they saw a large boulder the size of a small boulder and was like, buddy. I think I have a name for this stone. thing. I think there's something here. <laughs> I'm an ideas guy. So, you yeah, know, we, I, don't, I don't suffer with the details, but I think we have something. <laughs> Dude, that's the name of our band. Large boulder the size of a small boulder. It's our band, Jameson. We're, be- we're destined for greatness. Yeah, yeah. We actually just booked uh, Carnegie Hall. I just got a little telegraph from the Tim, money machine. Tim, I got to say, again, we're not going to be able to sell tickets. Don't worry, it's virtual. <laughs> it's virtual. You don't got to worry about it, bud. Imagine a virtual concert where it's just like they had they have computers set up in the seats and then on the stage is another computer and everybody turns their cameras on. It's That's bad. <laughs> and it's almost kind of what they do for the taping of the Drew Barrymore show. What do wait, what? What do they do? So Drew Barrymore does a talk show now. Uh-huh. And they have her and the guest live on stage, like in the studio. Okay. And they turn the camera around. But instead of like a live studio audience, they just have big like eight by eight or like no, probably like six by nine monitors that have people's faces calling in. That's terrifying. Yeah, it doesn't make me feel good. (laughs) I hate that. Well, Jameson, it's that part of the show where we relate. Change gears. We we, shift gears. We shift gears. And talk about how this movie relates to our personal lives. So you said you had a story. I have, uh, yeah. In the last episode, I teased the story about um, going like behind the scenes at this show. So sure. Uh, that show. This is this is 2015. I'm 15 years old. Uh, okay. Every Sunday, I would watch. I would watch Saturday Night Live, and then after Saturday Night Live, I would watch this show called This Metal Show, or That Metal Show. Okay. Which is like, uh, it's just like Eddie Trunk, who is this, uh, he's a music journalist. and I love that name. Love that name. It's a good name. And then Jim Florentine and Don Jameson, who are two comedians that just are into, you know, metal. Okay. And they would, it's just like a talk show and they would have, uh, musicians on and they had this, uh, segment called, uh, stump the trunk, which is like this Eddie trunk guy, this music journalist is just has like an ens- encyclopedic knowledge of, 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 you know, music trivia, just like sure. knows way too much. And so people would go on the show and they would try to do trivia, like give him trivia to to stump him that he wouldn't know the answers for. And he almost all the time knew because uh, he's just that smart about these sorts of things and remembers all He's the stuff. trunk. He's Yeah, you got to stump the trunk, man. Uh, and you could win like, uh, like there were a couple times if they had musicians on where they would like give you their guitar or something. Like if you could, if you can stump the trunk, like Slash will give you his guitar. And that's the prize or whatever. Or sometimes, maybe it was money sometimes. I don't know. But they were doing a, a live tour. They were touring that metal show. And they came okay. to Syracuse at the Landmark Theater. And we saw the show. And because the the woman who did like all the bookings and stuff for it was the same as my dad's band uh, manager, she was like, hey, after the show, come up to like above the balcony. And there's this like sort of green room type thing that's like above the theater that you can hang out in. And it like had a bar and a little library and like some couches and stuff and you could hang out. And like we took pictures with, with all the people and uh, you know, Eddie trunk and my, my dad talked to him about music, which was, I'm I'm sure he was freaking out about because he's just like, he's like a, 
uh, I'm trying to think of the word. He's just like huge in, in that, like, like he has a radio show and he has all these books. And so he's just like a huge figure in like metal music. Sure. So to talk to him is very cool. Uh, and then I was more interested in talking to Jim Florentine because he's a comedian and this, Oh, I'm going to say again, this was 2015. So I was a really big fan of Louis CK. <laughs> okay. And, and Jim Florentine had a guest appearance on his show, Louis, where, um, Louis CK is obviously like a, the standup comedian who, uh, according to him does like smart jokes, like jokes that he thinks about a lot. And in this episode, he's, he's, uh, his opener is Jim Florentine who just does like a bunch of fart jokes. Uh, and so they fight about like what comedy is like, should like lowbrow humor be worth anything, whatever. And eventually Louis learns the value of a fart joke because at some point they beautiful. he he like farts and he goes like they have a serious scene where that's like farts are funny like laugh i farted laugh <laughs> and then they <laughs> just awesome. both it's a it's a ridiculous episode and at some point jim florentine pranks louis ck by doing what he calls an upper decker um yeah so so for those uh, yeah. that don't know an upper decker is when you shit in the water tank of a toilet so that when someone uses the toilet and flushes the water from the tank goes into the bowl and poop goes from the upper tank to the bowl so you flush poop comes up and you freak out fun prank like ah, why is there poop in here and it's a bad day yeah so <laughs> so jim florentine does an upper decker on the toilet the prank louis ck while he's drunk falls off the toilet his his head lands on the bowl of the toilet and he bleeds to death. Holy shit. And that's how the episode ends. So at this show, this live show, Jim Florentine tells some story about doing, like in real life, doing an upper decker. And so after the show, I went up to him. And what's what's funny to me is that he was talking, he was at the bar and he was talking to like two or three girls. And so... Even I knew at this age, like, oh, Jim Florentine is probably trying to get lucky with like one of these, you know, some of these people or they're trying to get lucky with him or something. And so I'm just like this 15 year old kid who like walks up and I'm like, Jim Florentine, will you please tell me the origin story of the upper decker joke on Louis uh, on Louis? And (laughs) and I think he was probably I think he, he really liked this question. Because everybody that was at this show really just wanted to talk to about music with him. And I was like the one sure. person that came up to him and was like, I want to talk about you doing comedy. And so like he told me this whole origin story of like uh, someone coming to him with the idea for the for the episode and, get, you know, all that stuff. And that was cool. That's awesome. So we have a good time. At, at some point, it's like, OK, we should go home now. Like, it's pretty late. Uh, and we leave through the balcony. So, so we're above the theater and we have to go down the balcony and get out through the lobby. Okay. Um, where, where things get, uh, so after that metal show, directly after that metal show was, uh, a male review was booked. So, and a mail oh, review, okay. a mail review show is like a fancy word for, um, for like, a, like male strippers, like a mail review is like, there are going male to strippers. be men on stage yeah. dancing the music, taking their clothes off. And so me and my dad are leaving through the lobby. The lobby is, is filled with like middle-aged women who are primed and ready for a mail review show. And they think that the two of us are in the act. They think that me and my dad are are two of the men from from the show. And so we have Holy to shit. like we have to like swim through the sea of people while like people are like like throwing comments on uh, at us. I, I'm pretty sure someone like touched my like my back or something. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> 
<laughs> and did you was your da- holy shit? So that and I, yeah, so that's my story is that's is being confused for a male stripper at the at the age of fifteen. Did your dad have to be like he's fifteen, and also we don't know what that is. We don't no. know what this is. We don't know what any of this is for. What you guys are against? What you guys like? But it's no, not us. I, I think we just tried to leave as fast as possible, and then on the way out, just kind of like Amazing. laughed about like what what the fuck just happened? That's wild. I don't really like have anything like. So I have my story, but I'll. I'll, I'll Tell this one kind of as a side because it's the only. That's wild. That's fucking. That's. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, back in like 2017, 2018, give or take, me and a bunch of friends went to go see Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And like, this was right after Lynn had left. This was some of the original cast was still this there. This is on Broadway like or during... off Broadway? On. Yeah, it's on Broadway. Gotcha. And me and a bunch of friends went to see it. And before we got there, our one friend was like, we might be able to go on stage after the show and meet them, meet the cast. We might. We got we to gotta see. Do you, so, know wh- do you know why they might have? Like, did they know someone? Because they knew somebody. They knew okay. uh, they babysat for the godparents of a lighting guy. Gotcha. Weird connection. Weird Very connection. Strange. But they but they knew it. And so after the show, uh our, our friend is like, Oh, like, like let's go like I, I wanna like even if we can't, like I still want to see my friend and say thank you for the tickets because uh, the, the the really fucking generous person gave uh my friend these tickets for uh for our friend's birthday. Yeah, and so we went, we said hello, we said thank you, or like thank you so much. And he was like, You guys wanna go on stage? Wanna go meet him? Come on, let's go. So like we just like all go up on stage. We get to meet the some members of the original Broadway cast. Like we meet the original Hercules Mulligan. We meet the original John Lawrence, uh, 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 Philip Hamilton. Um, who else did we meet? Um, oh, I met Leslie Odom Jr. was in the crowd that day. And as we were kind of like waiting to uh, go up on stage, um, we we saw him and. Uh, we like we took pictures with him. I took like photos for like eight billion people, uh, because I was just there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we go up on stage. We meet everybody. Everybody's really fucking nice. And uh, we, so they're like, all right, it's time to go, but we can't get go through the lobby for some reason. Like the house is closed. The so inverse through, of my to, scenario. Yeah, but we have to go through the stage door. At the height of Hamilton's popularity. Right. We go through, and granted, I was I was wearing khakis and a pineapple button down. Uh-huh. So I was looking good. I was Pretty I was good. on my I was you on got my dressed shit up for the show. I was looking hot. I was looking hot. Your Sunday best. We we walk out, and we just hear an insane applause. Mm-hmm. Literally, like 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 fucking. I've been doing stand up for. Well, I mean, I haven't done it in a year because uh-huh. of COVID. But, like, I've been doing stand-up since I was, like, 18, 19, give or take. No amount of crowd has given me the kind of response as the rabid fans of Hamilton did, thinking <laughs> that I was somebody. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that and no offense, Tim, that makes sense. This is Hamilton. Oh, a, th- <laughs> a thousand percent. But the reaction... When they realized that they, that we were nobody, uh-huh. was ah oh no, go, go, and no, I was like, that's more like it. That's what I like to see. No, no, I did not dare sign anybody's oh, autograph, knowing so full funny. well that I was just some schmuck from Rockland. That would be so good though, if if you would like convince people, like, no, no, I'm part of the show. No, I, this guy, yeah, I a, was on stage. I was like, yeah, I was on there. I know Lynn. <laughs> actually, no, I, I, I spin the stage. Well, actually, there was a little moment of like, who the fuck are these people? Because my friends growing, growing up, some of them had money. Mm-hmm. So 
one of the ways, one of the things that happened on our when we were th- planning out how to get down to the city, we're like, oh, how are we gonna get down to the city? Like, are we gonna like just like Uber? Like this is before Uber was like big, so are we gonna like can somebody's parents drive? Can what? Well, well, how are we gonna do this? There's like nine of us going, and one of our friends in the group goes, oh, my parents ordered a limo. Oh, holy shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we go down to Broadway in a limo, get out of the limo, walk immediately to the TGI Fridays across the street from the theater. Uh-huh. Go see the show. We walk out of the stage door. <sighs> get out of here. And then we're like, ah, oh, fair. And then we get out and walk back into our limo. And we're like, they're like, who the fuck were those kids? That is hilarious. That is so Meanwhile, funny. we're just some schmucks from upstate. Yeah. Man, I would have, I would have, I mean, I wouldn't have, but I, but I, I would try to convince someone like, no, 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 I do, I do the sound. I am thought the, about the, it. Uh, <laughs> I thought about it, but then I realized I do not want to invoke the wrath and ire of, of a Hamilton fan. Yeah. Don't want to do it. You also don't um, want, you don't want uh, stolen valor. No. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't want to ruin the worth of any signed playbill. Yeah. No. That- it's like, oh, it's, oh, it's Anthony, uh, Ray, Anthony Ramos, Renee Elise Goldberry, Tim Brenner. Who the fuck is that? Wait, who? Uh, who? Uh, um, but yeah, that, that, that story's, you know, I've, I haven't thought about that story in a minute and it's way more fucking outrageous than I remember it being. Yeah, no, that's great. I love that. Yeah. I do remember the first time I met, um, I, I, I remember the first time I like went to some of the, uh, shows in Rockland though. That's kind of what I was thinking about for, uh, a story because Rockland, um, and this sentence is authentically just a bad sentence. Rockland had a big ska scene in the mid to late two thousands. Uh huh. Like we, we, we all did. We were all there. No, but like Rockland County did like Somehow, every band in Rockland at the time was a ska punk band. Mm-hmm. My older brother was in one for a little bit. A, a lot of our uh, his friends were in some, and some of them were really good. Um, it's just that Scott crumbled yeah. once you know two thousand nine hit. Rest in peace. Once the ho- once once the housing market crashed, people were like, "Okay, I don't think I can wear checker slip on Vans anymore. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I got to put away the studded belt. The ship has sailed." Yeah, and um, but for a couple of years, for two summers, there was a thing called Rockland Fest, mm-hmm. and it was like a ska festival. Holy, okay, sure, yeah. It was a two-day ska, ska festival, and this must have been 2006, 2007, give or take, so I was like eight or nine going to these fucking ska shows at a place called The Back Door which was just the Nyack community center. <laughs> or like this old, uh, no, this old community center that somehow had ska shows. Don't know how, don't know why. I'm, I, I was confused by the whole thing. Someone with a mission. I, dude, like I met the trumpet player for like Catch 22. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's a ska band from I'm the mid to late impressed. 2000s I'm and early impressed. 90s. Um, I, and then, so... That was kind of like my first introduction to like, oh, like the music scene is pretty fucking cool. And then when I was like 16 or yeah, when I was like 16 or so, I met and or me and my brothers did a VIP meet and greet for Bayside for the first time. And mm-hmm. I had seen them a couple years prior, a couple times. Uh, the first time I saw them, I was 10 and we had saw, seen them in uh, Troy, New York, just outside Albany. And I was too young for that, which I think I told that story last time. Yeah, um, you did. But, uh, um, but for this VIP show, holy shit, it was crazy, man. Like it was at it was at a theater called The Chance in Poughkeepsie, mm-hmm. and it was it was I came to learn this a couple years later. The Chance was the first place that the police played at in the United States. Oh, dope! To a crowd of three people. Yeah, which is crazy. Um. And 
I remember walking up and being like, "Hi, I'm I'm a big fan." And they're like, "Oh, thank you." They took our they took the picture. They were very nice about it. Like they're all really cool guys. I've done a couple meet and greets. My brother was in one of their music videos. He like won a fan contest oh, what? and was like in one of their music videos. Which one? Uh, <laughs> he, he, my brother was in a music video for a song called "I've Been Dead All Day." Okay. Yeah, they like listened to the song. Um, they like uh the. The lead singer Anthony and the bassist Nick drove around uh, Brooklyn and Manhattan with a couple fans at a time and listened to the new single and some songs off the the upcoming album, which at that time was uh, a, rec- a record called Vacancy. Um, and they they just had a good time. They just hung out. <laughs> they just hung out. Interesting. Do yeah. you remember Jameson the first like well? Your, because your relationship with punk music and like rock and roll is is different from mine. Sure. Because like, you you grew up listening to rock through the, like the encouragement of your of your dad. Uh huh. Right. My relationship to punk and rock and roll is like, it was kind of frowned upon. Like the big rule for me was I could only listen to the songs off of Dookie by Green Day that didn't have any swear words what in the it. Fuck. And when my brother got American Idiot on CD, my mom sat down with headphones and sat down with the CD player and opened up the lyric sheet and started reading along, thinking about the lyrics. Uh So I remember when I was, this was 2004, I think that record came out, and I was seven. Uh Yeah, it was seven or, yeah, it was seven or so at the time. And yeah, and... We went to a family party, and I really wanted to listen to American Idiot, but my mom wouldn't let me because she looked at the lyric sheet. Because she she's like a seven-year-old can't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, uh, "I think this is uh, 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 about some things I believe in." And um, no, but I, I dude, I, I remember her, her distinctly. Her sitting on the couch, and she goes. Uh, I'm the son of rage and love, the Jesus of suburbia. Uh, on the Bible, love none of the above. Uh, on, on a steady diet of soda pop and Ritalin, and then she goes, sitting on my crucifix. John is my older brother, and and he we were all like shit, shit. And now, dude, I wanted to listen to it. I wanted to listen to all the cool punk stuff that all my brothers were listening to. So my family, they were. Drinking their wine at this family party. My little seven-year-old self took my brother's CD player, which he brought with him on his uh, on the car ride. I took it, opened the trunk, closed the trunk, and listened to uh, half of American Idiot until one of our friends uh, opened the trunk because they saw something moving around. Opened it, and we're like, Tim, what are you doing? And I started crying. I was like, don't tell my parents I was listening to American Idiot. What the fuck? Yeah, no, my parents were kind of like <laughs> were like the opposite of Francis uh, McDormand's character, mm-hmm. and that like one of the first movies I remember watching is uh, Steve Martin's The Jerk, which is rated. Oh my R. god! And like closing my eyes for like the sex scenes, but yeah, but knowing like something is happening, it's like some something's being done here that cannot be reversed. <laughs> Yeah, so no, yeah, I don't really have that, any stories like that where it's like, I'm trying to think of anything that that is like a secret, definitely not me, like musics or maybe video games. There were definitely video games that yeah. I was like, like I think uh, the hit. GTA so, was a big one for me. Yeah, I didn't even know, I didn't even know GTA existed. I, um the the game for me was Simpsons Hidden Run, which is a clone of Love that game. It's a clone yeah. of GTA, but it's classic. And I I had to to play that game. I had to go to my friend JJ's house because he had it. Yeah, and I would just replay the first level over and over. That's oh, great. It's a great game. Uh, my brother uh, got it for Christmas one year, mm-hmm. and that that Christmas, my grandma and her new husband had come over, and. For some reason, they were interested in the game, probably because it was called Hit and Run, and they wanted to make sure their grandchildren weren't being corrupted. Mm-hmm. So my so my 
<laughs> my grandma's husband opens up the manual and starts reading that motherfucker. And they go into the kitchen where my parents are. They're preparing like some Christmas meal. And my and they both go, did you know they get points for hitting people in this video game? And I think my mom and dad went, it's The Simpsons. <laughs> A cartoon. Did you know that you can Simmer. kick Marge Simpson until she falls <laughs> on the ground? Yeah, she falls over, but like in not any like real <laughs> physics. She just kind of goes. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, I I, I loved it because every so often, if you kicked someone while they were on the ground in just the right way, it would glitch out and they would shoot like a hundred feet in the air. Yeah, I remember that. I would try for so long to make that happen. Oh. Dude, that game fucking ruled. Or man. like to get someone from so one side good. of the map to the other side of the map just by kicking them. <laughs> you fucking rocked, man. I love that. So you weren't allowed to play GTA. Are there any other games you weren't allowed to play? Oh, I mean, I, like when I was a kid, most of the games I remember, I had the Ultimate Spider-Man video game, the one that kind of looks like a cartoon. I, I had Spider-Man okay. Two, and I had the Ultimate Spider-Man video game. And early on in that game, uh, one of the villains is Electro, and he says, damn. And I remember every time I would play that level, I would turn on the volume when he said, damn, because I didn't want my, my mom to know that that Electro says, damn, in the video game so that I could play it. It was those clever clever little workarounds that made Childhood Rebellion fun. Yeah. Like, like there's I remember- really no stakes, but it feels like it. Yeah, no sticks at all. It's like, all right, you can't just, just don't do it. And, uh, and, uh, I remember the reason we weren't allowed to play GTA was because my parents were like, we don't want you killing cops. We don't want, we don't want to glorify cop violence in this game. Which, like, I think our response was very narrow minded. We went, you don't just kill cops, you kill every, you kill all kinds of people. Yeah. And my parents are like, yeah, no, no, that's not better. That's not, that's somehow worse. Yeah. So like, we weren't allowed to play GTA. It's like when comics are but like, my, I offend everybody. Buddy. It's like, no, that's still bad. You're just a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, my, luckily, my parents had never heard of Saints Row. Mm. And so, like, <laughs> our friend Ryan had the game. He came over, we played it, and, like, obviously it looks, it, it, it kind of looks like GTA, um, but, like, they didn't know what Saints Row was, so we were like, oh, like, we'll, we'll, we'll close the door, we'll turn the volume down really low so they don't hear the gunshots, and if they come in, we're just playing, we're just playing a normal game. It's called Saints Row. That's Catholic. Saints. It's yeah. biblical. <laughs> of biblical proportions we love it <laughs> a holy promotes, game it promotes a holy game for holy co- holy folks holy kids holy gamers <laughs> gamers rise up and then kneel down and say the rosary have you seen the trailer for that game i am jesus no there's 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 a video game that some company is making about the where you recreate stories from the bible as jesus christ and it's like an rpg or Hate something it. I hate it a lot. Yeah. I don't like it. Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan of it. Not gonna lie. Gets zero out of zero out of ten. Holy oh, that's good for me. None of that. No, a video game called I Am Satan. Now Ooh, I'm listening. Now, that one. now I'm listening. Oh. <laughs> Jameson, I think we're on to something. Let's let's quit this whole band nonsense. That was never going anywhere. We're gonna we're gonna become video game developers. That's where the money's really at. So, oh, hold on, I'm getting a phone call from the money money factory, Jameson. Not only did they greenlight the game, but they want us to do the music for it. Oh my god, we can eat, we can have worlds. our cake and eat it too. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Grab the forks, buddy. We're eating our cake. God damn, we're eating it. Ah. Oh. Well, Jameson, you got any final thoughts, any final O's and P's on Almost Famous? Um, I don't know. It's a great movie. Check it out. I think it holds up yeah. really well. Thousand percent. 
Yeah. No, I didn't even movie. see it long ago, and it holds up. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, this is a great movie. You should watch it. Yeah. If Un- you didn't unlike, already. And unlike all of the other movies that we watch, you should actually watch this one. Yeah. It's for free on IMDb TV. What? Which is a lot of letters. What? Did you pay for it? No, I got it free, but not on IMDb TV. <laughs> yeah, it was for free on IMDb TV. And uh, I had to watch like a little ads in between, but it was fine. Yeah. But yeah, watch it there. Well, I'm Jameson Styles. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Jameson underscore Styles. And then Twitch if I ever stream again. It's been almost a, more than a month since I've streamed. <laughs> And I am Tim, and you can find me at Timmy Brenner on both Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody.